0: Have you ever thought um, of the gym? (laughs) You know, the place you go to work out um, as a place for community. Um, Evidently, some though have. uh, If you haven't thought about some, have because they decided to turn uh, that into a, a, a decided it's a better place to gather together and develop community than than the church. Allie. Huberly, a 30-some-year-old education consultant in Boston, she wakes up every morning at 4.45 to go to her CrossFit gym. When she was looking for an apartment, she only looked at apartments that were close to her gym. Allie says, CrossFit is family, laughter, love, and community. I can't imagine my life without people that I've met. Through it. <laughs> I, I, I read that and I thought, is that something that we want to hear about the church? Right? I mean, this is family, that um, uh, this church is it, laughter and love and, and, and it's community, and you can't imagine your life without each other. This past year and a half, um, we have been scattered. Um, yes I, I met, we have been able to meet online and I'm very thankful uh, for our ability to have online worship um, and for all that Pastor Paul and, and Dan Fergus and the, the tech team <laughs> um, have done in order to help us uh, connect with each other but I gotta, I gotta be honest with you I have missed gathering together haven't you? We've missed the laughter. We've missed the the, the community. We have missed seeing each other and and, and talking with each other and worshiping together. See, the past year and a half, I mean, we've been scattered. (laughs) When you read the Bible, the story begins and ends, do you realize this? With God dwelling with his people. I mean, he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And at the end of the book of Revelation, you find God dwelling with untold billions in that um, garden city of the New Jerusalem. And between those two events, (laughs) throughout Scripture, what you find is you find God gathering his people together. Speaking to them and, and, and fellowshipping with them and to hear from them and, and to change them to become more like himself. Jesus tells us that he came to gather his reluctant people. In Matthew 23, 37, Jesus cries out, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, a city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as hen as a hen gathers her, her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. And one day, Scripture says, Jesus will send out his angels to gather <laughs> those who are his. See, God gathering his people together is what the Bible calls the church. In fact, the word for church in the New Testament, ecclesia, is the idea of God's people being um, called together, God's people gathering together. Now, the opposite of being gathered as God's people is to be scattered as one of his enemies. Do you realize that? Do you remember what happened after the people built that tower of Babel? (laughs) said, come, let us go down and confuse their language So that they may not understand one another's speech, so the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth. The NIV reads it, the Lord scattered them over all the earth. Jesus tells us on the last day, God will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed. He will scatter them, in other words. But to those on his right, Jesus um, will gather them together. And he will say to them, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. See, God's enemies will be scattered, lonely, loveless, lost, while God's people, God's people, you and I will be gathered together, loved and rescued. God loves His gathered people. Why do I make this large point? Well, because this fall we are going to uh, work on regathering together as a church. We're launching into a series that we've titled um, "Better Together," and we're going to look at some of the one anothers in Scripture. And we're going to be asking, what's it really mean to love and be loved? Um, What's it really mean to be part of a safe community and and, and a place where you can have soul-to-soul fellowship? See, our goal here is to help us this fall, help us understand how God uses other people, (laughs) especially those in our church family, other people in our lives for our good and for our spiritual growth. Because as scripture teaches that in order for us to see Christ formed in us, we need to be in community. And this morning, I simply want to answer the question, why are we better when we are together? And I want to give you four reasons this morning. Four reasons that you need a church family, and even more specifically, I want to tell you four reasons why you need to get connected to a small group, where you can get to know others on a deeper level, and more importantly, others can get to know you as well. Four reasons that we are better together. Here's the first one. First reason: I am better. If you walk with me. In other words, I am better if I have others helping me grow spiritually. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, "Just as you receive Christ Jesus, uh, the Lord, so walk in him." The Bible <laughs> oftentimes calls your spiritual life uh, your walk." Why? Well, because life is not just a sit-down thing, it's a, it's a journey. I mean, you're always growing. You're always moving. Um, there's a destination to, to get to. And the Bible says that you walk through life. God wants you to do certain things. He says we're to walk in the light. That we're to walk in love. That we're walk in obedience. To walk in, in the Holy Spirit. To walk as Jesus walked. To walk in wisdom. <laughs> I mean, many, many ways that the Bible tells us how we are to live this kind of life. And one of the important things is this. God never intended any of us to walk through life alone. Never. While the Bible tells us that you must have a personal faith, it tells us that you can never have an individual faith. This journey was never meant to be Um, a solo act. And let me clarify this. This has nothing to do with whether you're single or married. Because you can be single and in community. On the opposite side, you can be married and be desperately lonely. So marriage is not the antidote. Community is the antidote. That's why in Hebrews 10, it says this, let us not give up the habit, habit, right? That means do it all the time. It's a habit, the habit. Let's not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let's encourage one another. See, I need people to encourage me in my daily walk in Christ. How do you do that? Well, the writer of Hebrews tells you, you do that by gathering together in a community. Now, listen, can I tell you something here? Um, it's not new with me. It, it's, it's something you probably realize as well. This here, this morning, in this place, in this sanctuary, this is not a community necessarily. I mean, this is a large group. In a large group like this, so we can gather and we can uh, celebrate uh, who God is. We can worship together. But in a size uh, uh, of a group, um, in this size of a group, uh, um, real community just doesn't happen. When, let me illustrate it this way. When Becky and I, would, um, when we lived in the high desert of Southern California eh, many years ago, <laughs> um, we would oftentimes want to just get off by ourselves. Do you know where we went? We wouldn't go up to uh, a cabin up in the mountains, you know. Uh, we wouldn't go off to an isolated spot there in the desert, although there was a lot of them. Um, no, what we did was we went down below which from the high desert meant you, you, you went down over oh, the San Bernardino Mountains, you went down to the beaches areas of, of Southern California, and there in the middle of hundreds of thousands of people with crowds all around us, we could get away and we could become isolated. <laughs> I mean, nobody recognized us there. Nobody, n- nobody knew us. And you could do that in a crowd. I mean, you can hide. You, you can disappear. Community, friends, doesn't happen in a crowd. Community is what happens when you're with four or eight others. Community happens when you share with each other, when you pray together, when you are known and others know you. You see, you could be in a crowd. You could come to church every week for years here at First Tree and still be lonely because you never know anybody, and nobody ever really gets to know you. See, God's answer to loneliness is community, friends. We all need a few people in our lives that we know really well and know us really well. And we need a place, a group, where we can practice relationships and have fun together and laugh together and, and really learn to, to love I mean, that's the goal, right? I mean, Ephesians 4, 16 uh, says this, as each part does its work, I mean, that's all of us in the body of Christ, it helps the other parts grow. So Christ's whole body, that's the church, is healthy and growing and full of love. See, that's what God wants. God wants us all to grow, and he wants us all to be full of love. So how do we do that? We get in that place where everybody can help each other on a personal basis. We get into community. You find a small group to be part of, a place where others can encourage you and can assist you in your spiritual walk. I'm better. You realize I'm better when that happens. Eugene Peterson wrote this. He said, there can be no maturity in the spiritual life, no obedience in following Jesus, no wholeness in the Christian life apart from an immersion in an embrace of community. I am not myself by myself. <laughs> God tells us, listen, we're better together. I am better if you walk with me. Second, I am better if you work with me. In fact, turn with me to your Bibles, to 1 Corinthians. Would you? 1 Corinthians this morning, we're going to take a little bit of a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In this series, we'll come back to this again. I want to take a quick look at it this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. The varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Paul is talking here about the church. He describes how God uses the rich diversity of, of the church for for His purposes. We all have different ways to serve. We all have various ways of of, of working, but the goal is the same, and that is to serve each other and glorify God. Listen, before you were even born, God decided what talents you're going to get, what natural abilities, what gifts, what your background was going to be. He decided the, what, what country you, you would be born in. He decided all of these things because he has certain things he wants to do um, in your life. And that's called ministry. Anytime, listen, you use your talents for God. Anytime you are, use your talents, God has given you to help other people. Listen, what you're doing, it's called ministry. It's called service. But God doesn't want you to do it all by yourself. Or you'll get worn out. You'll get burnt out. He says you need other people to work with you. In fact, Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two people are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. In other words, you get more work done working together. I mean, that's nothing new to you. (laughs) We all know that that's true. You get more done by working with other people. I mean, nature tells us that, right? Think of that 16-ounce honey bear in your pantry, right? That 16-ounce honey bear exists only because tens of thousands of bees have worked together gathering nectar from uh, 4.5 million flowers. A grasshopper by itself isn't particularly formidable, I mean, if you find one in your kitchen, it might startle you when it jumps out. But it's not much of a threat, really, right? Yet if a grasshopper joins a league of grasshoppers, or what the Bible would call a plague of locusts, it can do all kinds of damage, right? One snowflake won't hurt you, but if you get enough snowflakes together, I mean, they can paralyze a city. (laughs) you see the reason that we we get so worn out so quickly is because we don't have anybody helping us community is god's answer to exhaustion i'm better when someone walks with me and i'm better when someone works with me Uh, let me give you a third reason in life i am better if you watch out for me Back to 1 Corinthians 12. Start with me in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Did you catch that there at the end? We are to be concerned for each other. In fact, this mutual care, Paul says, is so intrinsic to the body of Christ that God has composed the body for this. You see that in verse 24? Compose the body. The basic point there is that God has mixed the parts of the body all together just as, he, as, he, uh, as though he were mixing colors in the sky in order to produce a beautiful mural of, of mutual support and encouragement. See, I need people who will defend me. I need people who will protect me. I need people who will stand up for me when I need somebody to stand up for me. I, I, I need people who will help me stay on track when I need to stay on track. I, I need you to warn me when I need to be warned. I need people to watch out for me And you do too. If you went out on vacation this summer, you're gone for a week or or, or maybe more, a couple weeks, my guess is you probably approached your neighbor and, and asked your neighbor, hey, I'm going to be gone for a while. Would you watch over my house? Why? Because we want all of our stuff to be looked out for, right? Well, let me ask you. Do you have anybody looking out for your soul? Because your soul is more important than your stuff. Is, anybody, is there anybody there who's helping you out in your spiritual journey, who's watching out for you to make sure that you're still growing, to make sure that you're not getting discouraged and depressed and, and, and feel like giving it all up? When you're in community, you have other people who are watching out for you. See, community is God's answer to defeat. The Bible, in fact, says again in Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. When he falls, there's not another to lift him up. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. That's why you need to get connected in a small group because they will watch out for you. I'm better when you walk with me. I'm better when you work with me. I'm better when you watch out for me. And number four, I'm better if you wait and weep with me. What's that mean? It means that I need people who are going to be there in the inevitable crisis of life. It's exactly what Kerry talked about here when he stood up here and shared a little bit about his small group. Listen, when I'm waiting for the bad news or when I'm weeping after I have received the bad news, I need people in my life. And I got to tell you, as your pastor, I know this one Deeply. <laughs> because over the years that I've been here at First Free, I have sat with people in this church family who were waiting. I've sat with people in this church family that were weeping. And those of you have been there, you know this truth, right? There are situations in life that nobody should ever have to go through alone. Nobody should ever have to sit alone in a hospital waiting during a life or death surgery. No one should ever have to sit in the home waiting for the coroner to identify the body of a loved one who just had a heart attack. No one should ever have to stand at an open grave alone. And no man or woman should have to be left alone after their wife or their husband has walked out. We're not meant to face the crises of life by ourselves. God says the safety net he planned for your life is a group of other believers who are committed to you. Listen again, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Listen to what Peter says in his first letter. He says, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Peter commands us to be sympathetic. Be compassionate towards each other. See, God's answer to despair is community. Community. You party together when you have a celebration and you get you need to be able to weep together when you have a tough time. We are better together. So listen. This fall I want to tell you right here, right up front. This fall I'm going to ask each one of you. And I'm talking about everyone in this church. I'm talking about if you're watching a video Everyone, I I want you to become part of a small group. I'm talking about 100% of our church family involved and connected to another group of believers, a smaller group of believers. And we're going to be launching this here this fall, uh, uh, officially starting through October and through November. We're better together. You say, why? Why am I asking you to do this? Well, you can't put into practice what we're talking about during this series unless you are in a community. <laughs> Learning about community, I mean, that's worthless unless you are in community. You've got to experience it. Gordon McDonald tells a story about visiting a small group of men and women. Affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous, McDonald said that he visited the group because he was with uh, had some friends who were recovering alcoholics, and he wanted to see for himself what they were talking about. He describes his experience this way: He says, "Here's what I found. One morning, Kathy, I guessed her age at maybe 35, joined us for the first time. One look at her face caused me to conclude that she must have been Hollywood beautiful at." 21. Now her face was swollen, her eyes red, her teeth rotting. Her hair looked unwashed and combed for who knows how long. I've been in five states in the past month, she said. I've slept under bridges on several nights, been arrested, raped, robbed, and now she's beginning to weep. I don't know what to do. I don't want to be homeless anymore. But sobbing, I can't stop drinking. I can't stop. She's sobbing. I can't Next to Kathy was a rather large woman, Marilyn, sober for more than a dozen years. She reached with both arms around Kathy and pulled her close, so close that Kathy's face was pressed to Marilyn's breast. I was close enough to hear Marilyn speak quietly into Kathy's ear. Honey, you're going to be okay. You're with us now. We can deal with this together. All you have to do is keep coming. Hear me? Keep on coming. And then Marilyn kissed the top of Kathy's head. Gordon McDonald continued on. He said, I was awestruck. The simple words, the affection, the tenderness. How Jesus-like. I couldn't avoid a troubling question that morning. Could this have happened in the places where I have worshiped? Would there have been a space in the program for Kathy to tell her story? Would there have been a Maryland to respond in this way? Family, (laughs) I have to ask you this. Could that have happened here? At first, free? I hope it could. I pray and hope that each person here finds other believers to walk with them, to work with them, to watch out for them. I hope you can find others here in this family, our family of God here at First Free that can wait with you and weep with you. Because if you're going to have a chance in order to finish this race called Life Well... You are going to need a community. I need you. You need me. We all need each other. Because we're better together than we're when we're scattered everywhere. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you have created this Wonderful family called the church. What a gift you have given us. Not only in your son, Jesus Christ, but in each other. You gather us together so that we can, uh, so that you can speak to us. So you can um, hang together with us so that you can hear from us, so that you can change us, so that you can be glorified through us. Father, might we learn through these next weeks how to practice the one another's of Scripture, how to love one another and care for one another and encourage one another and pray for one another and submit to one another, and, oh, Lord, the list goes on. Heavenly Father, make us one, so that we can influence the many. We pray this in your son's precious name. Amen.